two separate locations if you'll look with us in your Bibles in the book of Exodus in chapter 20 and I want to read one verse again in the book of First Kings in chapter 2. Exodus chapter 20 and then in First Kings in chapter 2. These two verses will seem to be unrelated on the surface but I want to draw something out of them this morning and try to teach something to you that will be a help and a blessing and in some way maybe inspire you to want to do something for the Lord and to serve Him greater than what you have before. And and on the same manner, in the same time, I do want to recognize the day that we are having in terms of Mother's Day. I have not always, and matter of fact, maybe not even usually, preached a Mother's Day message on Mother's Day or a Father's Day message on Father's Day. I'm liable to preach a Mother's Day message on the 4th of July. And, I mean, it just does not necessarily dictate my preaching, but there's something that is directly involved with these verses that I do want to share with you this morning that is pertinent to the day in which we are recognizing these uh, uh, our mothers. And I want to thank the Lord for the privilege of being able to preach on another Mother's Day. Uh, and I thank God for that. Exodus chapter 20 is the first verse that I want to read to you. And then we'll look at 1 Kings in chapter 2. Exodus chapter 20, of course, is that chapter that deals with what we call the Ten Commandments. Or the Great Commandments of the Lord. And the Bible tells us that these were the ones that were written upon the tablets of stone. And not only that, they were written by the finger of God first. And then, of course, when Moses came down from the mountain angry at the dancing and the worship of the golden calf and all that, he tossed those tablets down and he broke them and the Lord made him rewrite them when they were written again on tablets of stone. And this is one of those ten that I'm reading this morning. We can't preach on all of them, though most of us, uh, my friend, surely could uh, quote these and are familiar with them. We can't preach on all of them in one message. I'm just looking at this one. In Exodus chapter 20 and in verse number 12. The word of the Lord says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Matter of fact, he refers to this verse in the New Testament as that commandment with promise. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Then in 1 Kings, in chapter number 2, the word of the Lord says in verse number 19, Bathsheba therefore went unto the king Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. And those are where we want to read this morning, try to preach to you for just a little while about Solomon and his relationship, specifically this occasion with his mother, and try to preach this morning out of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, and talk to you about how to honor thy mother. The scripture said, honor thy father and thy mother. We're commanded to do this. This is not a suggestion or a recommendation. It's not a statement of best practices. It is just a commandment to honor thy father and thy mother. And then we see Solomon in 1 Kings 2 and 19 and how that he did honor his mother and gave her that seat at his right hand. He greeted her with respect and greeted her uh, with reverence and then he granted that a seat be sat at his right hand. That is, he sat her in a place not only 
only of prominence, but also in a place where that she had his ear, where she had an opportunity to speak to him, where she could give advice unto him. Oh, how it would serve us well if we'd not be foolish in ignoring the advice and the wisdom of a father and a mother who care for their children. In First Kings, we see how he honored his mother. When Solomon's mother entered the room, he rose up to meet her. He bowed himself unto her. He caused a seat to be sat at his right hand for her. The right hand is always a place of honor in the Bible. Matter of fact, the Bible said about Jesus, whenever he left this world, that he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's in a place of honor in heaven at the right hand of the throne. And Solomon honored his mother by putting a place for her, a seat for her at the right hand of his throne, the throne of the king. And it's amazing how the Lord shows us these things. The purpose of Bathsheba's coming is not really my concern for this morning. That's another sermon, maybe for another time. The answer that he gave her is not really the concern for the message. That's even maybe another sermon for another time. But what I do see this morning is the action of Solomon towards his mother. We set aside a day, my friend, to do as the Bible teaches us and to honor our mothers. We've set this time aside. Maybe you gave your mother a card or maybe the mother of your children a flower. Maybe you gave her a gift or something or did something nice for her. That's good. She deserves these honors and it deserves these things. But these are the smallest ways in which we honor a mother. Solomon put a throne beside a chair, a seat beside his throne for his mother. But his life did not always honor her. First Kings chapter 11 and verse Verses 1 through 6 show us how he often treated women poorly. He married 700 wives and had 300 concubines. And his wives turned him after strange gods. And his mother would have been more honored with a son who did right in the sight of the Lord than just with a chair or a banner or a ribbon or a bookmark or a card or a flower. Had she had a son that was doing right in the sight of the Lord, that would have more honored his mother than anything else. I wonder how can you honor your father and your mother more than just on a special day, more than just with a card or a gift or a bow or a ribbon or some other thing. How can you honor your father and your mother every day? How can you honor them so that the promise of Exodus 20 and 12 would be true in your life? That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And I want to try to answer that question this morning. How? To honor thy mother. I want to say three simple things and then I'll be done. First of all, I want to say you can honor your mother by living out the Word of God. You can honor your mother by living out the Word of God. Honor mom by obeying and by heeding the very book that she loved and believed. John writes in the book of 3 John as a parent when he says of these words, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. What is that truth, friend? Oh, Jesus said when He was praying to His Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, Thy Word is truth. Oh, don't just honor your mother one day a year with a card or some sort. Have a little have a frilly thing, my friend, just to make her feel well for a moment. Honor her every day of the year by living the truth of God's Word. As a 
relationship. I embrace the language of John's epistle as a desire of my own. I desire that my children walk in the truth. I want to see them live according to the precepts of the Word of God. It's my desire that they walk according to things of God. Not just that they know them. Not just that they have heard them. Not just that they are aware of them. But that they walk according to the Word of God. That they live out this Bible. That it translates into more than just knowledge in their minds. But actions in their lives. That it shows up in the way that they talk, they walk, they act, they behave. The principles that they hold, the character that they live by. The things, my friend, that they do. How they treat others. I desire to see my children walk in the truth. Oh, honor thy father and thy mother by living out the word of God. You ought to notice the desire that John embraced. He said, I desire that they walk in the truth. John desired behavior from his children that matched up with the Bible. Take the Word of God, in other words, and do it, friend. Take it and put it into practice in your life. Make this Bible part of your everyday life. The fiber, the fabric of your being. Who you are every day. Oh, my friend, I want to give my children more than a book to sand in the back window of their car for the sun to peel back the cover while it wastes away from non-use. I want them to have a Bible, friend, that's not only on printed pages, but that is nestled down deep in their hearts and is lived out daily in their lives. No greater joy could I imagine than to have the knowledge and the privilege of knowing that my children walked according to the Word of God, that they lived out the Word of the Lord. There was a story this week about a woman who had had her, had her husband and her son living with her. Both of them had their doctorate degrees. One was a doctor of divinity. Another was a doctor of medicine. One day the phone rang and mom answered the phone. On the other end of the phone, the gentleman said, Is the doctor in? Her reply was, Which one do you want? Do you want the one who preaches? Or do you want the one who practices? <laughs> oh, how sometimes it could be asked about that in our lives. Do you want that gentleman who preaches? Do you want to hear what someone has to say? Or do you want to see how they have to live? Are you living out the Word of God? Is it more than theory? Is it more than just something that you theoretically believe in? Is it more than just something that you come to Sunday school and hear them talk about it and say, yeah, I believe that's right? Or is it real in your life? Do you really believe it enough to do what the Word of God says? That's our desire to honor mom by living out the Word of God. Then notice not only how John embraced this my friend and his desires, but he delighted in this, in his experience. When we walk in the truth, it blesses others. But when we don't walk in the truth, it burdens others. John said, no greater joy. I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. A mom and a dad can be pleased, can be joy can be satisfied knowing their children are doing the will of God for their lives. But if your mom and dad is worth anything as a parent, they can never be satisfied when you're living your life for the devil. I my friend in the world and doing the things that displease the Lord. It'll be a burden unto 
be. Yes. Flowers are nice. The card is nice. Yes. But there is nothing like having children yes. who live by the Word of God. That truly honors any mother. Yes. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 7 says, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. You don't want to just be a wise guy, young man. You want to be a wise son. And if you'll be a wise son, follow what the Word of God has to say for your life. Honor your mother by living out the Word of God. Amen. Now, I could not help. I could not help as a child growing up. I could not help but memorize Scripture. It was not optional. To know the Word of God, I had no other option. I could not help but know it. It had been poured into me. It had been ingrained into my life. I was going to learn it. I was going to get it. I'm going to tell you something else. Y'all can think whatever you want to about this part. I couldn't help but learn how to sing. I mean, you didn't have a choice. Singing was not optional. We didn't sing when we were happy. We sung when we were awake. I mean, you could not help but learn how to sing. You were going to sing. If you grew up in the Powers household, you were going to sing. And my kids, and some of yours do as well, they like this thing of getting in the car and start playing with them silly games and all that business. Or they have Some of them have these uh, monitors and so forth, watch cartoons riding down the highway. Especially if you're on a long trip, man, that is nice. Put the headphones on them, maybe put the headphones on yourself too. Had to tune them out while they're making all that racket. I mean, that's convenient. That's nice. But when I was a kid, didn't have any of that foolishness either. But when we got in the car, the first thing we would do in our radio wouldn't pick up nothing because all it would do, the harder that you went on the, on the car, the more you showered down on the gas, the more you heard the engine and the radio. It would pick it up and interference and all you could hear was the winding of the engine and the radio. So we couldn't even listen to the radio. You know what we did every morning, every afternoon, every time we got an automobile, we'd get in the car and we didn't need a radio. We were the radio. What song we going to sing? We'd start singing. We'd sing all the way where we was going. If it was 45 minutes, if it was 10 and a half hours, we would sing all the way there. We could sing the Big Mac song in three-part harmony. My friend, we sang classical songs and made-up songs and gospel songs. and I mean, I sung crazy folk songs and silly songs. That was not an option but to learn how to sing. But I'm going to tell you what I could have done. I could have done. I could have got to a place in life where that music that had been ingrained in me I used for the devil. I could have got to a place in life where that scripture that had been given unto me, I ignored it and went on about my way. I lived my life according to whatever I desired. I could have gotten to the place where Mama's prayers. I turned away from them. I looked those tears in her eyes. I walked the other direction and said, I'll do what I want to do. It ain't nobody's business but mine. And I'll do my own thing. And I'm going to tell you, it would have been a grief unto my parents. It would have been brokenness unto my mom and to my dad. If you really want to honor your parents, do more than just learn what they teach you. Put it in the Word of God. Put it into practice in your life. And live out that Bible. Your Sunday school teachers that have taught you the Word of God. That have prayed over you. Your pastor. I'm so sailed and preach about doing anything in your life to remember on your pastor. Myself up. But I'm going to tell you, boys and girls, that I love you this morning. And whenever you start to get out of the mission, and the wickedness and temptations come in your life, I want you to think that there's a man of God in breathing that cares about my soul and that wants me to live right and do right.
And if just that fear alone keeps you out of trouble, I say hallelujah to heaven for that. Oh, if you would honor those people who love you, take that word that has been put into your life and live it out in your everyday life. Oh, how you can break your parents' heart. Foolishness and stupidity, especially as you get a little older and you think you know everything and you don't know nothing. You know just enough to be dangerous to yourself and to society and become a menace. And it just can break everybody's heart and cause problems for yourself and others as well. Oh, and the devil says this is a route to go in society. says this is the thing to do. And you think you've got it figured out, but oh, how foolish we are. I'm telling you how you can make mistakes that you can't unroll, how you can say things you cannot take back, how you can wound the people that you love and that you care about. Oh, friend, it's not going to help you or anyone else. It'll cause problems for the rest of your life. You dig a hole you cannot ever get back out of. Create scars that will never go away. Oh, how it would be better from the beginning. We'd just honor our father and our mother by living out the precious Word of God in our lives. How to honor thy mother. I told you I was only going to give you three things this morning. Honor your mother by living out the Word of God. Secondly, honor thy mother by living in the will of God. Amen. Living out the Word of God and by loving or living in the will of God. Amen. The best way you could honor your mother is to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Find and function in and fulfill the will of God for your life. Get in God's will. Figure out what it is for you and do it. I was a big baby. Eight pounds and eleven ounces. I was a big baby. And a head full of hair. And uh, my friend in 1976 during a cold icy January day my mother labored with all of her might to give me an opportunity for life in this world. But if I use this life to do the will of God each day her labor is not in vain. Her days that she carried me that uh, her body grew weary that she prepared meals for me that she prayed for me are all for great purpose if I use this life to honor and to glorify God there is a purpose for you coming into this world friend God has a purpose for your life oh you can honor your mother today by doing what God puts you on planet earth to do with your life the Bible reveals that it's God's will for all of us it is God's will for all to be saved. It is God's will for you to be saved this morning. 2 Peter 3 and 9 did say it is not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord wants you to be saved. If you're lost this morning, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never had your sins washed away, it is the perfect will of God to save you. And if you'll let Him, if you'll have a submissive heart, He'll save you while He's calling on you today. Amen. First Timothy 2 and 4 said God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Lord wants to save sinners. Hey friend, it is God's will. How to honor my mother by doing the will of God. Well, first thing you need to do is just go ahead and get right with God. Just get saved. Let God forgive you your sin and the my friend come into your life. Amen. It's God's will for us to be 
ungodly this morning. How I many Second Thessalonians or First Thessalonians chapter four and verse three said, For this is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is? There's a verse in the Bible that tells you what it is. First Thessalonians four and three, for this is the will of God. Somebody said, If I could read in black and white, then I'd believe it. Well, I'm telling you where to find it. First Thessalonians four and three. For this is the will of God. Not a lot of ambiguity in that, is there? That means it's not real unclear for those of you who might not understand what I just said. After this is the will of God, even your sanctification, God's will is that we live pure, undefiled, unspotted, blameless. Matter of fact, that verse specifically even talks about this sanctification being a purity. That is an abstaining from fornication and from things sacrificed unto idols. We are to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Marriage is honorable and all in a bed is undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will change. There's very little that you could do that would hurt your mama and to hurt your parents and to live a life of fornication and adultery. Amen. And living in illicit sex outside of marriage. I don't even like preaching on stuff like this. And I sure don't like being plain, but half the world can't use Bible terms because they don't know what they mean anymore. I have to preach stronger sometimes than what I even want to. I'm not one that uses slang language. That's three terms, but I'm telling you, God honors marriage this morning. And God honors purity. And God honors living right. And God honors separation. And these things honor a mom and a daddy when their children live right and do right and stay away from the world. Amen. Oh, I talked to a parent this week, and a gentleman from from here, from another whole other state, and he told me, he said, I'm so discouraged. He said, both of my children have moved in with their girlfriend, their boyfriend, both his son and his daughter. And he said, I don't know. He said, I've tried to live right and whatever. But he said, when they were small, I was in sin and living wicked. And he said, I'm so ashamed because I feel like what I have done and the way that I had lived has so terribly influenced them. And he said, I just carry this around with me like an animal. I don't know what to do. And of course, all I can do is tell him to give it to the Lord and to pray about it and see God's face and to trust God to help and do for his children what he cannot do in making them have the character that they ought to have. But I tell you, you ruin your mom and dad's hearts. You break your parents' hearts when you live in wickedness and, I, and adultery and fornication and sin. Amen. That's right. You break your mom and a daddy's heart when they try to bring you to live right and do right and you embrace alcohol and drugs. And to my opinion, embrace slothfulness and laziness. You break your mom and dad's hearts. You ought to honor your mom and your daddy. You ought to honor your father and your mother. Do so by living godly. Doing right with your life. Separate from the world and from the devil and from sin in your heart and life. Amen. You can honor thy father and thy mother by living or loving the will of God. Be saved. Be godly. And then I will say, it's the will of God. There's a lot of things I preach hours on the will of God. But I've just hit these three because I believe they're so pertinent to a relationship of children with their parents. It's the will of God for you to be thankful this morning. It is the will of God for you to be thankful. And it'll help your parents. It'll be a blessing to your parents. It will be a help. It'll be like marrow to their bone. It'll be strength to their navel. Amen. It'll give them strength. It'll give them encouragement. 
encouragement if you'll just be thankful. This is the will of God. We know it is because 1 Thessalonians told us it was. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18 said, In everything give thanks for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you is God's will for us to be thankful. An ungrateful person is not living in the will of God. If you're always grumbling, complaining, murmuring, griping, you're always barely aching, all you can do is cry about what you don't have and what how tough life is and how you've been given the short end of the stick, how everything's just horrible. I don't know what you expected. Was life supposed to be a ride at the amusement park where you're not supposed to have any troubles? Everybody else is supposed to get sick, but it's never supposed to happen at your house. Everybody else is supposed to have hard times, but you're not supposed to have any. You thought you were going to be the exception of the rule. Life is just hard. You know what you need to do? Be thankful for the good things. Quit squalling over the storm clouds and be glad when the sun shines. I mean, quit complaining about the difficult things you have. And thank the Lord for all the good and perfect gifts that come from above. Amen. You need to thank God for the shoes on your feet. I'm the only folks I've seen around here barefooted this morning is those of you who don't want to wear shoes. Thank the Lord for the shoes on your feet, for the clothes on your back, for the roof over your head. I've been sleeping where it's dry every night that I wanted to all of my life. Brother John, I mean, I'm blessed. And I thank the Lord for that. Most everybody I saw come in the building this morning got out of an automobile. I didn't see nobody riding a mule up here this morning or a wagon or anything. Thank the Lord for transportation. You're going to leave out of here. You're thinking right now. I hope you don't get to preaching too long on that. I've got food at the house that might burn. I've got to go check on the beans. We've got plenty to eat, don't we? I mean, we have everything that we need and more. And yet we gripe and complain and belly about what we don't have. It's the will of God to give thanks in everything. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's God's will for you to be thankful. You know what we could do if we was honest now? If we were honest, if especially if we was brutally honest this morning, everybody in the building could go around and every one of you could tell some things that your mama did wrong whenever you was growing up. Some things she could have done better. Some things that she could have done to measure up higher or to do a better job in raising you and bringing you up. Well, mama, she done this and done that, then it'd been better. But you know what? fact of the matter is, you can't unroll any of that. And you know what you need to do? You need to take all that up, wad it up in a ball and toss it off into hell and say thank God that mama loved me thank God for what I did have thank God for the things that she did do praise God hallelujah you think of your own things I say thank the Lord for scrambled eggs and grits and sausage hallelujah praise God that I knew what homemade desserts was and banana pudding amen with egg white on top of it praise God amen I praise the Lord that I knew what it was She sets the bar high for you. I mean, my mom. 
demanding that. Some of you think your mama's overbearing. You don't know much of nothing. My mama is demanding. Amen. Oh, but I thank the Lord that she set the bar high for us. That she demanded some things. That she wasn't satisfied with us just getting good enough grades to pass in school. She wasn't satisfied with us just showing up in church. Whether we're a set of clothes home, smell like her mouth in a mule. children, I'm talking about anybody younger than me. I'm dealing with a generation because I feel like I'm still in that youth group. Y'all think what you want to about me. Brother Bob does too because last night he said something about some singer and he said, I never had even heard tell of him he was middle-aged. And I thought, well, what does he exactly mean by middle-aged? Just a few minutes later, he said something about that fellow being in his early 50s. I thought, well, I guess I'm still in the youth group. <laughs> so Brother Bob thinks I'm still in the youth group. I'm dealing with a generation of young people. My friend, who all I can hear out of them is them barely aching about what their mom and dad has not done for them or what somebody ought to do for them or how their parents didn't do them right. Oh, it would help us. I don't hear the older generation tell me that. Brother John, I don't hear those generations ahead of us talk about what mom and dad didn't do or couldn't do or wouldn't do. Many of them grew up barefooted walking at my friend to an outhouse where they use the facilities and they didn't have the comforts of life that we have. And yet all I hear from them is how mom and dad worked and tried their best and we didn't have much but we had joy and we had some good times. I've heard Brother Wayman talk about how that they grew up with all them young ones and his mama was not able to care for him and do what she'd like being in a wheelchair but I've never heard him complain and be mad at mom about it. It's always, you know, but the Lord always fed us and the Lord always took care of us and mom always loved us. Oh, we need a heart of gratitude this morning. Some of you boys and girls 
this much. Have to say to you, me, but I'm preaching right. Some of you boys and girls that's here this morning, before you need prayer, you might all just find your mom and daddy and hug their neck and tell them how sorry you are for being so ungrateful and so difficult and so stiff-necked and so hard to get along with and thank them for loving you and praying for you and being good to you. There'll be a day when you'll have to visit a headstone and lay a flower on it and go wish him being nice that you've been good to them while you had an opportunity. It's God's will for you to be thankful. That's what I'm preaching on. I'm not lost my track in my sermon this morning. I hadn't chased a rabbit somewhere. We're running him right off in the hole. Amen. It is God's will for you to be thankful. It's the will of God. And listen, if you were honor thy father and thy mother, do it by living out the Word of God, by loving the will of God. And then finally, I'm closing with this. You can honor your mother by laboring in the work of God. The highest service is that of Christian service. The highest service on earth is that of Christian service. Now, I'm going to tell you something profound this morning. Something that is so profound there will not be one person in the building disagree with me. I'm not saying something because I'm sure I've already stirred something by something I've said to this point. And there's somebody that has sat there thinking, well, I don't know about all that. But I'm going to tell you something profound that will get everybody in agreement this morning. One thing we all have in common. Everybody has had a mama. You either got a mama or you've had a mama. At some point in your life you had a mama. Everybody got one. I mean that's profound, isn't it, friend? Oh, hey. And do we have a mother? And she may be here. She may be far away. She may be already gone from this world. But you can honor her by getting active in the Word of God. In the work of God. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1 said, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Who among us would wish to be a lifelong grief to their father and their mother? Yet such is the case for those who are not laboring in the work of God. We waste our lives investing in that. That really doesn't matter in this world. Oh, we waste our lives investing time and energy in that which will not last for eternity. You don't have to be a preacher or a missionary to do this. A friend, just serve God in that place where the Lord has put you. Just bloom where you have been planted. Just serve the Lord is all you have to do. I once read about a cleaning woman got saved by the grace of God and she was spirit-filled and she loved God and everybody just called her Aunt Sophie. And uh, she would tell everyone she was called to scrub and testify. I don't know if there is such a calling in the Bible, but that's what she said. She said she was called to scrub and to testify. And wherever she went, she would tell everyone about Jesus. Someone actually saw her one day talking about the Lord Jesus to a wooden Indian outside of a cigar store. And when Sophie heard about it and they told her about it, she said, Well, it's quite possible. Maybe I did. My eyesight is not that good. But talking about Jesus to a wooden Indian is not so bad as being a wooden Christian and never 
talking to anybody about Jesus. Amen. Oh, how we ought to take our lives and invest them in doing something for God. Invest them in working for the Lord. Talk to an Indian somewhere. Talk to somebody. Pass out a track. Tell somebody what Jesus did for you. Sing a song. Say amen. Tell somebody that you love them. Do something for the cause of Christ. Pray for sinners. Invite your neighbors to the house of God. Love somebody along the way. Give the world a smile each day. Amen. I mean, just do something to try to be a blessing. Get involved in the work of God. Oh, friend, do all places need to hear the gospel? Do all people need to hear the gospel? If so, what are you doing this morning? What's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you hiding your light under a bishop? Have my friend you take it and put it away? Or would you put it on a candlestick? That all may see it. Would you let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Oh, may the Lord help us tonight have to get involved in the work of God. The work of God demands us going. Jesus told His disciples to go therefore. It is the great commission. It's found in the Gospels as Jesus' last word before He leaves to go away. He says, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the Gospel. It is the great commission. Matthew 14 and 23. He said, Go out in the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. The work of God demands our going. We want to sit in comfort so often but the Lord demands for us to go, to get up, to get busy about doing the Father's business. The work of God demands our going. The work of God demands our giving. We can give so that others can go. We may not be able to personally go into the entire world, but we can strive to give so that others can go. Brother Bob talked about last night as he was in the prison, how that the Bible said in Isaiah 40 and 31, he mounted with wings as eagles. He talked about that exuberant or phase of your life when you first got saved. How did it seem like you just felt like you could do anything? You could charge hell with a water pistol on a daily basis. How you didn't even check to make sure you still had water in it. I mean, just could do anything. He said, I heard a missionary going to go to Haiti. And I said, man, i got to go there. I heard a missionary going to go to Honduras. I said, man, i got to go there. I heard a missionary said, I'm going to Alaska. I said, man, I've got to go there. He said, after a while, I evaluated the fact that I wanted to go everywhere. I just wanted to tell everybody. I wanted to see to it that the whole world had what I had. And he said, I found that my resources were such that I could not be everywhere. I could not tell everybody. I could not reach everyone. But what I could do was give so that others could. When I couldn't go, I could give. When I somebody else. You don't have to be my friend, a missionary or a preacher or a pastor. You don't have to be able to sing to serve God. My friend, if you will live and if you will give, and if you will go, God will honor you. Your going may be to go to your friends and your family and tell them what great things God has done for you. Your giving may be to see to it that someone else can go. Your living may enable someone else. I'm going to tell you something that you sometimes know. I'm sure but forget. When I head out of here and go on revival meetings, and sometimes I'm not here maybe on Wednesday evening, and while you're gathered here for service, the reason why that I am able to go is because you are willing to give of yourself in prayer. I have 
Bible on many of my journeys, my friend, is based on the prayers of people who pray for me every day. I have no doubt that many times when I preach in weariness in my flesh, I stand there during the song service eating fishermen friends, having Hall's cough drops and thinking my voice is never going to clear up. There's no way I'm going to preach tonight. I won't have ten minutes worth of preaching in me. And then I stand to preach and the Holy Ghost helps me. And an hour later, folks are thinking, man, I wish that fellow would stop preaching. They don't know what the Lord has done in helping me. It's because somebody prayed. It's because somebody gave. It's because somebody lived their lives trying to be a blessing to me along the way. And I believe at the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to reap an override commission off of every soul. I do believe that, Brother John. going to reap an override commission off of every soul that is saved through those that you have prayed that the Lord would anoint their lives. God is going to bless you. He's going to bless you and honor you because you live in the work of God. I wonder this morning, would you honor your mother by... Living out the Word of God. Would you honor your mother and your father by loving the will of God? Would you honor your father and mother by laboring in the work of God? Solomon honored his mother by having a seat set on his right hand for her. But his life later failed to honor her. We could all honor our mothers. But you may need to make some decisions today about your life and what's really important in order to do that. John the Baptist's mom is special in the Bible because of how her child served God. Hannah's special in the Bible because her Samuel committed himself to God. Rachel is honored in the Word of God because her Joseph followed God. Mary is reverenced in the Word of God because her Jesus did the will of the Father. The mothers of John and Charles Wesley, John Newton, Charles Finney, and many other great preachers of our day and times gone by have been honored on earth and by heaven because of children who have faithfully served the Lord. I'm asking you this morning, would you honor your father and mother by simply trying to live for God? Do you need to be saved this morning? Do you need to commit yourself to God? Do you just need to do what's right? I'm giving you that opportunity and privilege. Everybody stand if you would. Come on with a song. I wonder, are you where you need to be with the Lord this morning? Are you sure you are living out the Word of God? Are you in love with the will of God for your life? Are you laboring in the work of God? There's people in the building this morning that your mother's not even saved. Your mother don't know the Lord. You sat through the service and said, How in the world could I honor my mother? Serving God when she didn't even believe and trust in God. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. I've learned watching it, seen it time and again. Watched a lot of young men and young women who've committed their lives to the Lord who had parents that were lost. And I've watched their parents shake their head and wonder, why in the world is that kid doing that? Why are they living that way? Why are they serving God like that? Why are they, why are they got to be such a fanatic? But I tell you what I've seen time and again, if they stay with it and remain consistent. Somewhere or another, I've seen gray-haired mom and daddies say, Son, daughter, I believe you're doing right. I hadn't always done what you're doing. Maybe they don't even get saved, but I've seen them time and again say, I believe you're doing right. 
I sure am proud of the way you're raising your family. I believe you're doing the right thing. Brother Eddie, you've seen it time and again. I have too. Some of you here this morning, your mom and daddy are not even saved. But it sure would amaze you how it honor your parents if you just live for God. If you just do what's right. And they may or may not even tell you. And when they do tell you, they may tell you something like uh, a nod and a wink and a pat on the back, but they don't say a word, but you know what it means. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I wonder this morning, are you where you need to be with God? Sing for us whenever you need to. If you need to pray, I'd invite you to come do business with the Lord. I've shared with you what God's laid on my heart this morning. I wonder what will you do with the message? What will you do with the Word of God? How will you respond? It's up to you now. about how that song about how that he, his mama rejoiced in heaven when he finally got saved Troy's mother was living when he got saved but the song was real for some folks that had written it I wonder this morning in your heart and life do you know you're right with the Lord I sure would hate to leave out of a church service with an opportunity like this and you not be right with God she's going to sing another verse do you know you're right with the Lord if you need to pray I'd invite you to come gather with these that are praying do business with the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you in your life. Sing for us when you're ready. May the Lord have mercy.
all folks. field, her son and her daughter, different places around the world, and uh, he had talked with her how difficult it was, you know, Mother's Day had passed, and you know, her kids were all around the world trying to serve God, Christmas and birthdays and whatever, and maybe they get to talk on the phone, maybe they didn't even get to make contact. Time finally came when her son died on the mission field, and they had to ship his body back home. He went out to tell her what had happened. Had to be the one to inform her. And he said, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. He told her and she wept. She said, Preacher, I had rather know that my boy died in the perfect will of God halfway around the world serving the Lord as to have him alive and well across town living for the devil. Well, that's hard to digest. But I'm going to tell you, heaven will make it worth it all. Make it worth it all. I want to tell you, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And serving God is serious business this morning. my best while I'm here and do what I can while I can. Try to live for God. Well, I appreciate you being here this morning. We won't have service tonight. Give you opportunity, I hope, to get around to see the people that you need to. Make the phone calls you need to make. Make the visits you need to make. Eat the meals you need to eat. However many that that might be. Maybe somewhere or another you'll find a banana pudding or something. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Brother Randy is about to go into shivers over there just thinking about it. I mean, find a banana pudding or a... I'm hoping maybe find a chocolate pudding with an egg white on it, you know, and some vanilla wafers. Hallelujah. Be wonderful. Sister Pat's here this morning. She could have brought me some sweet potato souffle, but she didn't do it. But if she'd have brought it, I'd have eat it. I promise I would. I'd have done my part. I love everybody this morning. I appreciate you being here. And I do hope that you have a wonderful day and a blessed day. Wednesday.